This episode is brought to you by Renofi. Remodelers prefer working on renovations funded by Renofi loans. Renofi loans maximize homeowner borrowing power and eliminate the delayed payments that come with traditional construction loans. Once approved with a lender, borrowers receive 100% of funds up front. No inspections or draw schedules. Renofi's service is free and easy to use for homeowners and remodelers. Head over to Renofi, that's R-E-N-O-F-I dot com to learn more. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Clark Harris, owner of Innovative Construction in Atlanta, Georgia. Estimating is kind of a big deal for remodelers. And for most, this role is just another hat on someone's head. Maybe it's the salesperson, maybe the owner, maybe the production manager. But when is it time to give this critical role a dedicated position? Clark recently hired an estimator, and he's here to share the what, the why, the when, and the how to hiring an estimator for your company. And we'll hear all about it in just a minute. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. When are you not here with me? Yeah, I don't know. Never. Because you don't know you're how to turn any board. of this stuff on. Hey, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if I didn't have you, there'd be a big blank wall of nothing. So, nice to have you here, Mark. Yeah, hey. Filling your you. role, you know? Well. Um, so, we've got a good topic today, something that we hear talked about a lot in our roundtable groups, right? Yeah, of course. Estimate. I mean, talk about a kind of an important role. You know, and that's a, an area where... Oftentimes, when owners are doing the estimating, it can really get be it, it can be the bottleneck of a whole lot of processes within the company. No doubt, no doubt. And you know what else too is it can just be uh, you kind of get disconnected with what reality is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you're an estimator, you got to have a lot going on for you. But hey, what do I know? I've never hired an estimator. Let's talk to somebody who actually did. Shall we kick it off? Okay. All right. Clark Harris is the owner of Innovative Construction in Atlanta, Georgia. Innovative Construction is a high-end design-build firm whose mission is to improve lives through design, craftsmanship, and teamwork. Clark has been a member of Remodelers Advantage Roundtable since 2015 and is a member of the very outstanding Izar Group full of smart, savvy business people. Welcome, Clark. Thank you. Yeah, it's great having you here. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, I'm sure, day. Yeah, I'm super excited, and um, I'm glad to be able to give back a little bit. Um, RA's really changed my life, my family's life, and pretty much everybody on my team's life, so uh, happy to be <laughs> That's here. That's great. Yeah, well, you've had some wonderful peers surrounding you, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so let's dive in. What inspired you to hire an estimator? Sure. Um, the easy answer is that my group, Izar, um, told me to do it. Um, you know, we're all about the same size uh, company. <laughs> they tell you, um, you do it. We, Woo-hoo. I pretty much, I, I, that's being serious, too. I mean, I, I see, you know, successful people that are similar sized businesses or, or doing better than me, and they've done it. It's proven. Um, so I did it. Um, but really, you touched on it earlier, Victoria, where you said bottleneck. Um, my big thing is I try to identify where I'm a bottleneck and I'm holding back our team. 
Um, and when I see that I'm starting to do that, I really try to get out of the way. Um, and then I think the other thing is um, just lack of like uh, free time for myself. You know, I estimated and uh, I typically did it on Saturdays from, you know, eight Oof. to five o'clock. Um, so, awful. Yeah. Yeah. So getting that um, out of the way um, really opened up um, a lot to me. So, Clark, if you wouldn't mind, would you share a little bit about your company size and, and number of employees, and maybe a rough estimate of how many jobs you do a year? Sure. Um, we did, um, in 2021, we did $4.8 million in revenue. Um, we're at about 17 people um, right now. Um, and uh, I think we did about 30, 33 jobs uh, last year. All right, year. great. Thank you. I'm sure that's going to help our listeners, you know, get context. Okay, so how? tell me a little bit about how you went about the process and preparing to hire that estimator once you made the decision it was time. Sure. So, um, first of all, I know kind of my weakness, and my weakness is I like everybody. So, mm-hmm. whenever I hire some, when I go to hire, I'll literally hire the first person that I meet. Um, so I knew to protect myself for myself. Um, and I hired Zephyr recruiting. Um, it's the first time I've ever hired a recruiter. Um, and I've been called cheap in the past. Um, (laughs) it's the best money I ever spent. Um, they, they, uh, interviewed us. They really learned our culture. Um, I'm huge on culture. Um, they, they got to know what, what, who would work with our team. Right. Um, so, and then I told them all the things I wanted. They organized it, um, and really helped that, um, and the other thing was I, I tried to make a really good job description. Um, I had been the estimator, so I had an SOP. It wasn't great, right? Like I, I winged a lot of it, but um, I really tried to get a, a list of everything um, that I thought we needed for that role. So when you were talking to the recruiter and you were talking about what you wanted and how this person's going to fit into your culture, what are some of the things that you discussed or what did they ask you to find that out? Sure. Um, well, I think the first thing is I'm a big uh, fan of disc profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a very set um, goal of, of who I thought this person would be. Um, I wanted them to have a, a C, but not too high of a C. I, I think C is extremely important in the estimator role. Um, but if it's too high, I found that uh, you can't get anything done. So the other quality I really like is D. Um, I like people that um, are really kind of pushy to be in this role. Um, You know, I think the hardest thing to do in all of construction is to get a subcontractor to turn in an estimate. Like it's literally impossible, right? So you got to nag them, you got to stay on them. Um, So really having someone that that had really good people skills that wouldn't anger the the trades that we use, right? Because we want to keep a good relationship with them, but at the same time making them do something that they don't want to do. and then the other thing that I've really learned is estimating is a lot of math, obviously. Um, you need mm-hmm. to be good in Excel. But with the way we do our construction agreement and our scope of work, um, it's it's highly detailed and it, it takes a lot of writing ability. Um, and, ah. and that may sound silly, um, but I, I tried another a former PM and I had him come in and um, try to be the estimator. And he's pretty good on his numbers, but he literally could not write the construction agreement. So I was writing every construction agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that wasn't helping me at all. That's probably 
more time than anything right in the construction agreement. So kind of looking for all those factors of a, you know, a high C with some uh, D, um, obviously good in math. Um, I think being good with Excel helps. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, being able to write well and express yourself. So what type of an estimating system do you use? Was it something that's like a, a program that you purchased or was it self-made? And did, how, were, how were you thinking about teaching this estimator your process? Sure. Uh, good point. So, you know, if you run, if you're talking about the 20 years I've had a business, it's been kind of everything. But um, I was using uh, Builder Trend um, and I actually liked it. Um, I, I love Builder Trend in general, but um the estimating gets kind of pros and cons from people, but um, I, I liked it. Um, when um, Jacqueline came aboard, uh, she did not like it. Um, she liked to use Excel or Google Sheets, and what we did was um, she actually does it in Google Sheets, and she created the Google Sheets so it can be uploaded into Builder Trend. So okay. um, basically, it's based on Builder Trend, um, but she would prefer to use Excel, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. Good. So... What did you so you found those characteristics in the person you hired, which I assume is Jacqueline? Yep. Yes. Okay. So, what did you do to make sure she was going to be successful in this position? Sure. And one other thing that I wanted that that, that she is is bilingual. Um, we have a large Hispanic population in Atlanta, ah. and, and that was a must. Um, so sorry, I forgot to say that. But, oh yeah, um, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so sorry, could you lead with your question again? So what are you what did you do to make sure she was going to be successful? What are some of the keys to yeah. making sure that she's going to succeed? Sure. Um, my big thing is onboarding. Um, I'm huge on onboarding someone. Um, haven't always been. You know, I learned that I needed to do it. Um, but um, really just starting off strong. And when I say onboarding, it doesn't mean like, you know, having her come in and take her out to lunch. Um, I dedicated two weeks of my schedule directly to her success. Um, I call it a legacy project as a lot of people do. Um, and what I mean by that is it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a pain and it's going to take a lot of my time and it's, it's going to hurt me in other aspects. Um, but if I train her to do this, I never have to worry about it again. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I put, I put a ton of emphasis on onboarding. Um, and what that really looks like is, you know, I have her job description ready, um, her SOP ready. That being said, um, we have everybody write their own job descriptions. Um, we feel they own it better if they do that, and they're going to see things we didn't see. So we, we built that together, although I, I had a set process. Um, I think if you don't have an estimator and you're the owner doing it, um, you're probably doing it pretty poorly and cutting a lot of corners if you're like me. Um, you you have a lot of things going on. You, you can't dedicate 40 hours to it. So it's important to listen to what the other person can do. Um, and, uh, really try to figure out what, what it looks like. Um, and then I think the other key to success is, uh, we're big on metrics. So like what uh, you measure gets managed. So if she doesn't know what success looks like, um, I can't really hold her accountable. So we really worked out a timeline of, you know, from, from us signing the, um, design agreement to us getting the construction agreement. What does that look like? How long does it take? And she has a super strict schedule that she has a two week timeline kind of between bid meeting and CA and she sticks to it. And if she sticks to it, it's successful. And then there's, you know, the obvious metrics are like slippage and, and things like that. Clark, what's, what's the uh, capacity of, of this person? Uh, how, how many can she 
you know, I mean, is she at capacity? Is Does she have plenty of room still to, does she have time to kill? Well, you know, kind of what's her day look like and what capacity can you yeah, great load question. up on her? So, yeah, so her capacity is till, until she taps out. That's how we kind of work with everybody. Um, we just keep stacking more and more on her. Um, we did uh, like 3.6 million and then we jumped to, uh, to the 4.8. Um, really in the year that she's been with us. Um, and I think she could handle even more than, than what we're giving her right now. She does have, um, it kind of comes in fits and spurts um, where she'll have, we have, uh, I think, five bid meetings this month, which is a lot. Um, and then she'll have a month where she may not have one. Um, and then we have what, again, we call them legacy projects, rocks, goals, where she has certain big tasks that she can work on that are a little bit outside of her scope or building up her scope better, um, where she can um, use that time that she's not working on an estimate to do other things, if that makes sense. But I, I don't feel like, to answer your question, I don't, at 4.8, I, I don't feel like she's at her capacity. Um, I I see maybe when we get to the, you know, the, the $6 million ish um, wow. plateau that, that it might be time to get her an assistant or, or look for two or something like that. Yeah. Cool. You know, one of the things that we've heard about over the years is um, it's, it's a fear of letting estimating go because of the fear yeah. of lack of accuracy. And man, I've heard some horror stories about jobs being sold that just were totally missed a bunch of stuff. How did you get over that? How do you make sure that the estimates are accurate that are going out the door? Great question. So that probably held me back for over three years from hiring an estimator. Um, I think it's listening to your your peers that are telling you um, to just do it. And to be totally honest with you, I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, I've never had another job. I can look at a job and I can tell you a number and I'm going to come in within 10% of what it's going to cost. So, and I think everybody else in my shoes, I'm not saying I have a superpower. If it's all you do and it's all, you know, um, I can look at her estimate and I can tell her if it's on or off in, in literally two minutes of looking through it. Um, so I think to, to say that someone's going to screw up, uh, um, you know, you're, you're delegating, you're not abdicating the role. Right. So you're still monitoring it and, and, and to back up, I, I still had that head trash and I really smothered her for like six months where I was like, I was almost still the estimator because it, <sighs> it is, it's, if you don't estimate it right, there's no point. You can't recover from that. It's the worst thing you can do. But I really realized I was doing it. Um, she may have told me I was doing it, um, <laughs> but I backed off and she's just blossomed, you know, and it, she does. I mean, she's, she's probably 10 times better than, than, than I was once I let her go and let her do it. But I still check every estimate for sure. Okay. Um, all right. So you're eyeballing every estimate because your jobs are decent sized, right? A couple hundred grand. Probably. Yeah. And I think eyeballing is the right word. If I'm not the salesperson on, I still do sales. Only one other salesperson. Um, oh, if wow. it's one of Megan's jobs. Yeah. I, I look at that very quickly. Um, cause I don't know it as well, but if it's my job, I'll, I'll really take a good look at it and double check I'm sorry. After you, Did you Mark. have a follow-up? No, no, I've got a different one. Well, I was just curious from a compensation perspective. I, I don't expect you to share what you're paying her because it wouldn't matter anyway. I mean, someone in Washington versus someone in Atlanta is going to be different. But is it just strictly a, a salaried position or is there incentives and things tied to it? Oh, so, we don't have individual incentives in our company. Um, okay. 
uh, not to go off the rails, but we have a more of a team bonus um, based on our net profit um, yep. every year. Um, and then I would say like a comparable paying position would be maybe um, um, a bookkeeper, uh, maybe like a, a lead carpenter, um, somewhere in, in that range, if you're kind of looking at what you're paying people. And then I think, you know, um, project manager, sales, things like that might, might be a, a little bit more highly um, okay. salary than, than that. And now a brief break to talk about our sponsor, Renify. Renify helps homeowners maximize borrowing power and consider their renovation as a monthly expense rather than a lump sum payment. Remodelers prefer projects funded by Renofi loans due to increased project sizes and homeowners having the funds to pay on time. Head over to Renofi.com, that's R-E-N-O-F-I.com, to learn more. Renofi is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renofi's technology to seamlessly provide Renofi loans. Visit Renofi.com to learn more about availability and to schedule a call with a renovation advisor today. Renofi is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number 1802-847. So you said you hired her about a year ago, and in that same time period, you, your volume jumped significantly. Now, I know that the market is just hot, you know, everybody and their brother mm-hmm. wants remodeling, but do you think you could have done that volume if you were doing all the estimating still, or did that really open the company up to this growth? Oh, yeah, I was definitely bottlenecking. Um, and yeah, I was just laughing. I think I probably could have done it, but I don't think I'd still be married if I did it. Um, you know, it would, it would have crushed me and my family um, and I, to do it. That Yeah. And um, and just to, you know, just to touch on that, like the level of detail that um, like I would estimate it and I would kind of go by my gut on some things and things like that. Like she's got it down to a T. She does purchase orders with all the trades. Nice. She's got them all on Builder Trend. Our job cost me dead on. Like if I was trying to change the number on a job, I could lower the framing and then the PMs are saying, Hey, the framing's not on budget, you know? So ah. she's, she's solving all of that too. So it's, it's really made us more professional, but yeah, it's, it's definitely opened up our um, bandwidth for sure. I think that some people fear just like they fear any overhead position. They fear that additional investment, that additional expense is the way they look at it. But for you, it's not been an expense at all, has it? That's a, that, okay. So that was another huge problem I had really in general of growing my company. Um, I looked at people that were overhead as dead weight. Um, and it sounds crazy to say it now, but I looked at a carpenter's, right. You can job cost them. They're producing, they're, they're paying for themselves. Right. But ordering people in admin or hiring people in admin, I'm sorry. Um, I, I felt like it was dead weight, but you're, you're taking your company to the next level. You're more professional. Your systems are tighter and you can do more revenue um, by having awesome people in your admin department. So having that like head trash that, and the other thing is it's taking, you know, activities to me that aren't the highest value for me and letting me do things that are more high value too. Right. So Mm -hmm. taking that overhead is, is, it's made a tremendous difference for us. Um, So when you hired Jacqueline, what was her background? Uh, good question. So um, she was um, from Peru originally. She moved here um, about three or four years ago. Um, she was a project manager. She's a licensed architect in Peru. Um, and she had a highly um, commercial-based project management, you know, 
uh, high rises, things like that. And then since she'd moved to the States, she was um, working for a smaller drywall company and just doing drywall estimating. So basically zero remodeling experience. And um, there was some lift for that. And there's still every once in a while we'll find something where she doesn't know something, but it, it took a little bit of training in the beginning, but all the systems and processes and everything that you learn in commercial um, are so organized that I, that I feel like having that background kind of superseded having to know um, remodeling. And we also do bid meetings. Um, she went out with project managers. She still does. Um, so she's really getting a good feel for, um, you know, how much time it takes to do certain things in remodeling as opposed to new construction or um, commercial. All right, great. Good, good stuff. So what's the biggest surprise that you've learned since hiring an estimator? I think there's a couple. Um, Excuse me. Um, I think um, the biggest is that I wasn't very good at it. I would have told you I was the best estimator in RA if you had asked (laughs) me, um, and I would have believed it. But I I cut so many corners that, you know, I I just didn't do all of the proper steps. And and just another example, like our – our construction agreement, when I did it, it was probably, I don't know, 12 pages of bullet points, highly detailed. But she's taken it to another level where she has a picture of every item that we're supplying. And, you know, it's, it's 25, 30 pages of detail. And it's, it's a rock solid scope of work that we build the job from. And then I think there's another surprise was that I felt like I was taking all the estimator role on myself. And what I really learned was that everybody in our company had their finger um, in estimating. So like our sales team was doing it, our design team, um, even the production team. So, um, and our director of first impressions was doing a lot of that. So I was thinking I was 40 hours a week of it, but um, there's probably another 10 hours that we save from everybody else in the company um, that that, uh, she does now. Oh, that's awesome. So you've really increased capacity all over the place. A hundred percent. And I think in sales, I think that, you know, Megan, the other salesperson, um, she was really doing a lot of the work too. And, and to take that off her plate, she can probably do at least one more sales call um, a week. If you look at wow. it. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. When you were doing it and you were cutting corners and so on, did you find that that created uh, just lower profit jobs or was it slippage or, or did you still, you were still profitable, but it just was more hassle or what? What was the effect? Yeah. I mean, my slippage was good. I, I probably was at, I don't know, maybe a half a percent to 1% a year. And we had grippage some years. Yeah. So I think the numbers wise, like, again, I mean, it's, it's all I do. I've been doing it forever. Um, it's not that difficult when you, it's all you do, but, um, but it's the other thing, like being prepared for the bid day where you go meet the trade, she has the whole scope of work printed out the blueprints handed to them. Nice. They, she has a date when it's due. This is what I need from you. It's highlighted where there's issues. And I would just walk on the job and be to the plumber. I'm like, here's the plans, you know, ask me if you have any questions. Right. So that's just kind of, I was kind of setting him <laughs> up for failure. Um, yeah. And then it's just data entry, you know, and then I turn it over to, to Anka, our bookkeeper. And she's like, I, I can't enter this into QuickBooks. You know, it's, it's not, it doesn't line up with any of our job cost codes. So, like everything's kind of automated. Again, it, it's just less friction. Um, it, it works a lot better for everybody on the team. All right. So if you were going to give our listeners who are considering hiring an estimator one piece of advice, what do you think that would be? Um, I would say don't be scared. You know, I mean, it, it, to me, I, I had head trash for probably three or four years. 
um, of how it wasn't going to work. I couldn't afford it. Um, I'm the only one that could do it. Um, I think my advice would be you're not the only one that can do it, and someone can do it better than you can. Mm-hmm. As we know in all positions, right? Just about? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Thank you, Clark. Clark, I estimate that it's time for the lightning round. What do you think? You ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. And now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right. We're putting 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What is your favorite business book and why? Um, I'd say Good to Great. Um, I think it's the only business book you need to read. Um, it, uh, I think every business book from that period on basically copies that book. I love it. If you weren't a remodeler and recovering estimator, what do you think you'd be doing? <laughs> um, I've always had a fantasy to be a lobsterman in Maine. Um, so I've always wanted to do that. Um, you should talk to Tim Fowler. Tim, Tim Fowler is actually my hero. Tim actually has a house on an <laughs> island called Monhegan. I've gone there since I was a kid. I've always wanted to be a lobsterman in Monhegan and be an artist in the off season, And that's pretty much what Tim is. So, oh, yeah, he's yes. literally my, my idol. <laughs> what are you not very good at? I would say um, I think I have a lot of head trash and getting out of my own head um, and and um, and being just not not being in my head too much. How about that? Your room, your desk, or your car? Which would you clean first? Um, I would say my desk. I always try to keep my desk clean, and I'm not a very uh, neat person. What was your favorite sitcom growing up? Uh, I'll go Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the first four-letter word that comes to your mind? <laughs> I can't say it. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that tells us something right there. All right. Thank you. This has been great. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your journey of hiring an estimator with us. But before I let you go, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and tell us why they resonate with you. Sure. So I have do it badly and improve. Um, I thought I stole this from Kurt Harjo. Um, who was in one of my um, RA groups, but he told me he stole it from Judith Miller. So I think it comes <laughs> from Judith. Um, but um, what I, why I say do it badly and improve, um, you'll never be 100% ready to start something. Um, action creates results. Uh, you get better the more you do something. If, if you wait till something's perfect to start it, you'll never do anything. So you know, I say it to somebody probably three, four times a week in our company. Um, I can tell that people are cautious that they're going to get in trouble if they do something and make a mistake. Uh, mistakes how you learn things. So we always say do it badly and improve. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Yep, really wonderful. Clark, thank you so much. We appreciate it and look forward to seeing you soon. And good luck at your case study with your roundtable peer group. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. What a critical position in a remodeling company. And it's amazing how often it's just a side role for whoever's doing it. Yeah, I was really surprised (laughs) when he talked about all the other people that were involved and how much time it saved them by having a dedicated person diving in. It's awesome. It's, It's like most things. It's head trash. You just, you know, you're the best at it. I, I do that all the time. I don't want to give up anything. <laughs> Nobody can do it as good as I. I don't know. I, you know, you've heard me say this before. If somebody can do it seventy-five percent as good as I can, I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably abdicating a little more than I should. But but I thought that was really interesting, and I love the fact that 
she has taken this process to a new level. Sounds like she's knocking it out of the park. Yeah, that's that's got to be a great feeling to think, you know, because when you can look at it and say, wow, apparently I was not doing as good as I thought I was doing. Right. <laughs> you know, that's kind of eye-opening. Yeah. So that, that's very good stuff. Yeah. And who knew that uh, you wanted to be a lobsterman? <laughs> <laughs> really? I can see him up there in that island with Tim. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, we want to thank Clark for sharing his how, why, what, where, and all that good stuff about hiring an estimator. And of course, we want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for listening week in and week out. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a beautiful day.